When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sweet, sweet victory. Colorado State snaps the longest losing streak in the country, takes down Nevada 17-14 in the return to Reno for Jane Norvell. We're going to talk about this one, go over some takeaways, uh, what this could mean for CSU in the grand scheme of things. But man, this was this was a much needed victory for this program. Just needed a feel-good moment altogether for the guys in the locker room, for the fans. I should mention that it's close to 3 a.m. right now, so kind of delirious. <laughs> Usually that's when you get unfiltered JTM, so we'll see what happens in this one. Been a little under the weather for a while now, and you know I'm exhausted, so. Hopefully I don't get too delirious here and uh, my voice holds up and all of that, but man, it, it feels so good to finally do a victory podcast. First win for CSU football in close to a calendar year. 10 straight losses coming in, jokes flying left and right, you know, ESPN marking CSU as the worst team in the, the country, Colorado State and all that. And with their backs against the wall, this young team led by a true freshman quarterback went into Reno with all of these circumstances, all of this emotion and pull out the first victory of the year. This was a heated matchup from the, from the start. Honestly surprised, you know, a a fight didn't break out at some point, particularly with a, a less than impressive officiating crew. But I mean, you could see the tension even in pregame, Nevada Sportsnet posted that video of Ken Wilson and Jay Norvell, you know, seemingly having a, a pretty lively, you know, heated discussion pregame. And, you know, I, I have no problem with what Jay did. You know, he was standing up for himself. Ken threw a ton of shade. Norvell downplayed all that over the last couple of weeks. But, you know, he, he went up to him and he told him he had a problem with what he did to his face. And that's kind of, you know, the the difference between Ken Wilson and uh, Jay Norvell, based on what I can see, is, you know, it instead of, you know, crying to the local media, you know, poor me, boo-hoo, Jay Norvell downplayed it all. He handled it, went into Reno, took care of business, you know, and he told Ken Wilson, you know, straight to his face that what he did was Bush League. I obviously don't know exactly what he said, for the record, I'm not. I'm not saying that was a quote, but just based on context and, you know, then what uh, Norvell said to Kevin Lytle of the Colorado in postgame. I just have a lot of respect for the way that Norvell conducts himself in, you know, every manner, you know, from, you know, the way that he talks to his players, you know, the way he handles himself in interview situations, how he embraces the community. And it's all really genuine. You know, that's, that's the thing that I just, it's so refreshing because there's, there's a lot of phony baloney guys in, in football. And we had a true snake oil salesman with the last head coach here. 
But I just felt like Norvell really handled this situation perfectly. You know, even going back to practices a couple of weeks ago, you know, I'm, I'm sure behind the scenes, you know, this game meant a lot, you know, to the former Nevada guys, to the CSU guys that have experienced losses to Nevada, you know, just because they were downplaying it, you know, to the to the media doesn't mean that it, it didn't mean a lot to them. And with the way that they played, how hard they played, you could see, you know, this was a game that meant a lot to the Rams. Instead of doing a bunch of jawing, you know, through the papers, though, they did what they set out to do. They went into Reno. They got the dub. They left. Don't want to get, you know, too carried away in terms of, you know, now the the Rams are going to, you know, (laughs) run the table or, or something like that. You know, I'm not trying to be sensationalistic, dramatic, anything like that. Still sitting three games below 500, obviously. But, I mean, the Mountain West is wide open. You see it every week with the the wonky results in this conference. And just frankly, most of these teams are not very good. So, you know, it would be really great to see the Rams, you know, put together a competitive stretch here, maybe be able to rattle off a a couple of wins, put them in in position to, you know, flirt with bowl eligibility. That'd be awesome. You just, you need those moments where you show growth, even in rebuilding years. And, you know, this wasn't the, the prettiest one in the world. It was a really wonky game. I was, you know, certainly sweating bullets in the second half there. But that's, that's the type of game that over the last decade, the Rams lose nine times out of ten. It's just seemed like for whatever reason, you know, other than, you know, when, when Jim McElwain was here and they kind of got rolling, they just they they found a way to crumble under the pressure essentially every single time, and you know I I understand again I, I made the same point on the podcast going in you know this game meant more to Nevada, but this was definitely still an important game for the Rams they needed to show something in this one, and they did you know in a, in a really hostile environment wasn't quite as packed as I would have expected you know you could definitely see. Uh, a lot of empty seats on the broadcast there. You know, maybe again, you know, part of why the staff wanted out. There just isn't that significant of community support for Nevada athletics. But this CSU team, you know, after everything that they've been through, you know, four really tough losses, the the transfer situation, veterans jumping ship left and right, people, you know, making jokes online. You know, these are these are teenagers. They see everything on Twitter. They see your tweets. But when Nevada tied it up and the offense is, is really struggling to get much of anything going through the air, the run game, you know, was obviously great in the second half. And we'll talk about that when I get into some of my takeaways. But that's just a situation where the Rams historically, you know, in the last decade, they almost always crumble there. And this Rams team, this young Rams team with three freshmen starting on offense, a bunch of other young guys, you know, now playing significant roles on defense. They got it done. You know, Norvell said that he, he felt like the guys that are still here are, are really, you know, coming together, that they're a tighter locker room than what they had at the beginning of the season, that there's more buy-in. You know, we'll see, again, you know, what happens as the season goes on. I don't, I don't want to get too dramatic after one, you know, one game, four quarters, but it looked like it. It did look like it tonight. That was a team that stuck together and they battled their ass off. The defense got a bunch of crucial stops when the offense really needed to. They were able to put together a drive to get into field goal range. And then Michael Boyle, 
the Hawaii transfer comes up clutch and hits the 43-yard walk-off field goal. Did miss from 48, but, you know, they ran into the kicker and he got another try. Sold it. He definitely sold it, but they did run into him. It wasn't as if, you know, there was, you know, like phantom contact or something like that. They ran into him. He sold it. That's what you should do as a kicker in that position. Then he made the most of a, he made the most of his opportunity, man. Big time stuff. Coaches talk so much about complimentary football and, you know, some of those phrases, the sayings, they can be a, a bit of a cliche. You know, they can make you roll your eyes, especially, you know, when you're, you're not getting the results. And if you're just sitting there from the fan's perspective and you hear that over and over again, you're like, well, it sounds simple. Why aren't you doing it? Well, it takes time. And, you know, when the game was, when the game was on the line, we just saw all three units come up in a major way. And I'm going to move on. I'm going to get into some of my takeaways. But real quick, just also wanted to throw out there, icing the kicker is dumb. It's mostly dumb. And I feel like it backfires just as often, if not more often, than it works out for the coach that tries to do it. First of all, when Boyle was setting up from 48, CSU had a false start, but Nevada called timeout. I don't know if they would have called the the false start, because again, the officiating, not stellar. But he, he negated the opportunity for them to by calling the timeout, trying to freeze the kicker. Then after the penalty, he does it again, but Boyle gets a, a practice runoff and, and nails it. And in the end, you know, Boyle, Boyle the kicker, drills it. Rams win. All that was for nothing. He, he still pocketed a timeout, let CSU run all the time off, you know, before we even got to that point. It was really weird. Use those timeouts before CSU gets in the field goal situation. Preserve some time that way. I don't know. I just feel like Mike Shanahan successfully iced the kicker one time, and then it just became like a, a phenomenon in you know the the mid two thousands or whatever it was. And I'm not even a hundred percent sure that would, that it was Shanny that did it first, but he's the first guy that I remember you know being uh, noteworthy for it, and you know having like guys on ESPN talking about it. To me, though, it, it seems to backfire just as often, if not more than it, then it works out. I don't have any data to back that up. That's just, you know, gut. I watch a lot of football, NFL and pro. And I don't know. I just, I feel like it rarely works at this point. Kickers expect it. You know, I think when it was a surprise, you know, maybe it worked a little bit more, but now you just expect it. I'd rather just make the kicker go out and, and drill it. You know, one time you got one take, go out and do this, you know, under 40 seconds, go nail it. Can you do it when the pressure's on? As an opposing coach, if they if they can, I can live with it at that point. But I almost feel like you give them time to to gather their to gather themselves, you know, and you know, do some deep breaths and whatnot. Again, I don't know. There's there's no data here. I'm just anti icing the kicker. By the way, how nice was it to see CSU not look completely, you know, lost, confused, chaotic, however you want to phrase it, running around with their heads cut off in a game-winning situation. Maybe it is good to have a special teams coordinator. I don't know. Something to think about. All right, I'm going to move on. I'm going to get into my takeaways real quick. Got to shout out the homies over at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, and, of course, our presenting sponsor. The NFL action is in full swing at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win. Get $200 in free bets if they do. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings' stepped-up same-game parlay. 
with every leg you add, you can boost it a little more, up to 100%. And there's some really fun matchups this weekend. Thank goodness the Broncos aren't involved in any of them. But maybe you want to bet on, you know, former Nevada star Romeo Dubs continuing his hot start with Green Bay. You could take his receptions, maybe score a touchdown, Aaron Rodgers passing over, and Green Bay to cover the seven and a half. You're going to get to boost that. To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on the stepped-up same-game parlay once per game day all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I also want to talk to you guys about GameTime, the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. If you ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could, 50-yard line, courtside, behind home plate, floor seats at a concert, it's possible with the GameTime app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats you thought that you'd never be able to buy. CSU has homecoming next weekend, then Hawaii's coming to town. You're not going to find a better deal this season on Rams tickets than you will with Game Time. It was created by the fans for the fans, and they guarantee the lowest price. If you love DNVR, you're going to love Game Time, and the best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the podcast description. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the Game Time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. Finally, last but certainly not least, the most rewarding thing about DNVR is seeing the connections made through our listeners in this community. Green Mountain Dental is an OG partner of ours, and they are major Colorado sports fans. They've been a supporter of DNVR since the very beginning. We've had countless fans and our own staff convert to Green Mountain Dental and never look back. Located just 15 minutes from downtown in Lakewood, CSU alum, Dr. Ben and his team have you covered from general dentistry, like regular cleanings orthodontics, such as removing those pesky wisdom teeth, and everything in between. If you tell them that DNVR Sports sent you, you can get a $300 discount for a full orthodontics treatment for new patients. If you mention that DNVR Sports, you can get a free set of bleach trays, a $350 value with a new patient cleaning exam uh, exam and x-rays. Lastly, for all the hygienists out there, Green Mountain Dental, they're hiring. Full and part-time positions are available. They are willing to work with your schedule as well as offering great benefits package with healthcare and PTO. To make an appointment or find out more information, Check out their website, greenmountaindentalgroup.com today. Cool, cool, cool. Let's get into it. Uh, Just going through the numbers real quick before I give my takeaways. CSU with 13 first downs on this one, 1 of 11 on third down. Nevada, 19 first downs, 7 of 19 on third down. A lot of those conversions were late in the second half. CSU, 33 rush attempts for 177 yards, 5.4 yards per carry as a team. By far the best rushing output that the Rams have had. Nevada had 39 attempts for 114 yards, 2.9 yards per carry. That was significant. If you read my post-game piece, one of the things that I highlighted, Nevada wants to run it down your throat. That's you know the whole identity of this offense. Behind Toa Tawa and Devontae Lee, it's a couple of experienced backs. They've led this team for a while. You know, Ideally, they want to do to CSU what CSU did in the second half with Avery Morrow. And the Rams were just really able to get that run game going, and they needed it because the pass game clearly was struggling. While it felt like the refs were somewhat, you know, leaning into the the home crowd, a lot of those unsportsmanlikes, you know, were pretty one sided. I, I felt like Tory Horton definitely 
should have, you know, drawn a flag a couple times. He took a shot like five yards out of bounds by a guy that wasn't even on the field. Nothing. Another time after a punt return, you know, guys are getting some extra licks while he's on the ground. Nothing. That said, 14 penalties for 136 yards. That's far too many. And there were a couple of instances where penalties really killed CSU. You know, you're driving, you get a chop block, brutal, a couple of key holdings, uh, some false starts, you know, again, that just kill momentum. Those are backbreaking, especially when you're moving the ball. You know, when you rip off a couple of long runs and then you're going 15 yards back, can't be having that. Uh, I felt like the the unsportsmanlike on Avery Morrow for, you know, talking shit. That was so soft. I get that the refs were just trying to keep the game under control. It's really chippy. I get all that. But if you're going to do that, then you got to call it both ways all night. And it just didn't really happen that way. A lot of holding by that Nevada offensive line that didn't get called in the second half. There was an instance where Baratow got his helmet completely ripped off and that didn't draw a flag. You know, again, there's going to be missed calls. There, there always are. It's a part of the game. I'm sure there were some that favored CSU as well. You know, again, they didn't call a, a false start on CSU's game-winning field goal attempts before Nevada called a timeout. That was hilarious. You just got to be more disciplined. You can't be having 140 penalty yards, 14 penalties. Most of the time, that's going to kill you. Fortunately, the Rams got away with it. And this one, uh, CSU, eight punts for 38-yard average. Nevada, eight punts for a 41-yard average. CSU had one uh, clutch one in that second quarter where they actually pinned it down at the one. Nevada ends up driving 99 yards for the touchdown, albeit they got just an insanely egregious spot. You know, again, I'm not trying to to rant too much about the officiating here, especially since CSU pulled it out and it was inconsequential in the end. But, I mean, a full yard short on that spot in the second quarter, how did they miss that? And, and I saw a lot of, you know, people tweeting, why didn't Norvell initiate the challenge? Fair point. You know, you got to be on top of that. It happened really fast. It seemed like initially he was marked short and then they overruled it. And then all of a sudden, you know, Nevada goes up to, to the line of scrimmage. They get the chain set. They snap it real quick. I think the the whole thing just kind of happened. Maybe they didn't have a great view on it, but God, we we stopped the game for eight million inconsequential things, and then you know on a key third down, a really key play. They're deep in their territory. It's going to be three and out. They're going to be punting back to CSU, who had all the momentum at that point, and instead they just they give it to them. It's more than that spot, which was clearly frustrating, awful. I mean, everybody online is, is making jokes about it across the country. It's crazy to me that something as important as spotting the football, arguably one of the most important aspects of the entire game, you know, determining field position, determining who is going to keep the ball. And we just, we, we dictate that, we determine it by a bunch of like dudes in their 50s running around being like, oh uh, yeah, I think he was here or so. We have so much technology. Why are we letting games be influenced by these people? I mean, for a lot of these guys, it's not even their full-time career. You know, they, they got to do something else. You know, if you're a, a small-time, you know, college football ref, it's just, it's infuriating. And it didn't end up hurting CSU, but it, I mean, it, it kind of did. Instead of being up 14-0 at halftime, they end up going 99 yards again. You know, there were more opportunities on that drives to get stops. I get it. But that's a huge momentum swing. And it's just an awful mistake by the officiating crew. And again, you know, we stop it for so many things. How does that not initiate a booth review? It's, it's very confusing to me. 
a couple of takeaways. At CSU punching first. That was huge. How many times has it been, you know, 20-0 before we can even look up tonight? The Rams, you know, a couple of key defensive touchdowns. Right off the bat, Aiden Hector jumps. I think it was an out route. I should have gone back and watched that. He was thrown to the far sideline. Aiden Hector sees it all the way. Jumps it 21 yards for a pick six. This is what you need when your offense is struggling, when you know, when you're not able to get in a rhythm, when you've got a young quarterback. We've talked about for weeks, we need someone other than Jack Howell to create a big momentum turnover. Jack Howell's out in this one. We get a couple tonight. Uh, Mukendi Wakalanji displays his athleticism on the scoop and score. Redshirt freshman. Das hit a couple uh, hit a couple of home runs on some local prospects. For as much shade as I throw his way, you know, I, I gotta credit him for guys like Mukendi and Howell and Arkin. You know, he he landed some really solid local players. He landed some guys that should also be playing at Greeley. But, you know, again, I'm just trying to give credit where it's due. And, you know, we, we saw some guys make some plays tonight. It was just encouraging to see the Rams punch first. I thought that was huge, especially in that hostile atmosphere. You know, instead of going down and, and allowing the crowd to get into it, you essentially take them largely out of it right out of the gate. That's massive. You just you need more of those big momentum plays especially as you know, CSU works through some of these offensive struggles. I already talked about this a little bit, but I was so impressed with the defensive line. The linebackers played well, too. But to hold those backs to less than three yards of carry was so significant. And then the pass rush was awesome. And it wasn't just Mo Kamara and CJ Onyechi, although those guys, you know, they, they had a great game as well. Mo had a sack, a sack and a half, actually, in this one. Had another QB hit. Onyechi had a couple of QB hits in total. CSU, eight QB hits, two sacks. But really, it felt like Nate Cox was... He was under duress all night long. There were a couple of instances where he was able to just throw the ball away, but he was you know, running to the sideline for his life on it. But the Rams just did a great job of avoiding explosive plays and you know, making Nevada drive the length of the field. Yeah, they, they did some things here and there. That's what's going to happen. You're not going to you just completely stifle them all night. They're going to make some plays. It's really hard to drive the entire length of the field, though. And it was a situation where they were able to bend, not break. I mean, we talk so much about field position. Yes, they did have the 99-yard scoring drive. It was kept alive by a bullshit spot. But, you know, they, they went 99 yards to score before the half. That was impressive. The only other time they produced a scoring drive, though, was when they got the ball at midfield because... You know, Greg Lede blew up the punt returner before he caught the ball. Then the Rams got a pass interference late in that drive. They get the ball at the two. I mean, if you give it to them at the 50 and then you get a pass interference in the red zone and put the ball at the two, they're going to score most of the time. A lot of the other drives, though, the Rams, they just, you know, they might give up a first down. They gave up some third down conversions, but then they would come right back at them. The pass rush was relentless. The tackling was fairly consistent. You know, Tawa, Devontae Lee, those are big, strong dudes. They're going to run through a few, but it was nothing egregious. It was it was just a really impressive defensive performance, all things considered. One of the best we've had in the last decade. Aiden Hector, Washington State transfer, Cameron Carter, and Henry Blackburn all tied for the team lead with eight total tackles apiece. All those guys were flying around, making plays. Hector getting his first start at nickel. You know, the... He's a former four-star guy, you know, got in some trouble in high school, ended up walking on at Washington State, you know, left after their coaching situation, kind of 
you know, turned into a weird deal with Rolovich. That whole thing was so odd. A lot of those Wazoo guys ended up leaving. But this was the hope, you know, that Hector could be the type of impact player for CSU that he was for the Cougars in 2020, where he just bursts onto the scene and forced a bunch of turnovers. You could see, you know, a lot like Howell and Blackburn, you know, has has this same uh, tendency. It just feels like those are guys that are always around the football. You know, good instincts, good ball skills, clearly. They made some big plays, and that was just, it was so big. You're missing Howell. You've lost a ton of depth in recent weeks due to the transfer portal, and guys stepped up in a major way. Offensively, CSU struggled to get much going with the, with the passing game. Still feel like, you know, the O-line kind of struggled to give him clean pockets fairly consistently. There were other moments where I felt like Braden didn't set his feet and had errant throws because of it. Just generally didn't look comfortable back there. But I mean, it was a tough spot. You know, I'm not trying to be hypercritical of the the true freshman in his first start because I felt like down the stretch, he really showed his composure. You know, he had those two turnovers early and then he kind of settled into things and he made a couple of big throws when the Rams really needed to, you know, had one to Torrey Horton on a crossing route early in the drive, had another play to set up field goal position late in the drive. So that's what you need. You know, that's kind of all you can hope for when you've got your number two guy in there. If Millen is healthy, you know, I assume it'll be him that goes on homecoming. But if not, you know, I, I think Fowler Nicolosi is, is capable of doing a lot more than what he showed tonight. And we also got to remember, you know, you're, you're starting with two true freshman wide receivers out there. Nevada's secondary is actually where kind of the strength of their team lies. They've got some guys in the defensive line as well. All things considered, you know, again, you know, I'm, I, I felt like he made some plays. He showed some inexperience at times. You know, he looked like a freshman at times. That's how it's going to go. Moving forward, I'd clearly love to see more Avery Morrow. Would be great if we could see more performances like this. I mean, he looked like a hybrid of Capri Bibbs and Izzy Matthews in this one. He was running so hard. And I just think establishing a run game is going to be so big because it's just going to not allow defenses to completely tee off on the quarterback left and right. Give the offensive line an opportunity to go downhill a little bit, you know, get some momentum going in the ground game. I mean, they were mowing dudes over, running to the left, especially behind Gardner. They were having a ton of success. Need more of that. Uh, I'd like to see more Tanner Arkin. It was nice to see more of him out there. I feel like him and Gary Williams made some really important blocks. I think both of those guys can be impactful as blockers and, you know, in the receiving game, especially now that the Rams have lost even more receivers. Uh, as Kevin Lytle of the Fort Collins, Colorado, and reported, Thomas Panunzio and Jarek Robinson have now left the team as well. Neither of those guys were really playing. Uh, Robinson, really good dude. You know, seeing all his uh, stuff on social media with his family, it's 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 really uh, what's the word? Humble. I I don't know. I'm drawing a blank here. Anyways, I thought he was a good kid. I've always really liked Panunzio. He stuck through through a lot. Surprised to see Panunzio leave. Maybe he'll go play one year at Pueblo. I thought he was going to be the starting punt returner now that Stovall left and Wright left and everyone else left. But Torrey Horton made some big plays at punt returner, so maybe he just knew he wasn't going to get any returns tonight, and that's why he left. Nonetheless, neither of those guys exactly fit the the mold of what this staff is looking for at receiver. It's definitely a position where the Rams have taken a ton of hit to the overall depth over the the last couple of weeks, though. They have far less bodies than they had when the season began. 
some final thoughts here before I get out of here, try and catch a couple hours of sleep and get up and publish this thing after I edit the audio. But uh, Nevada sucks. Yes, they're not a good team. But as I stated earlier, that's a game that CSU loses nine times out of ten over the last decade. They just find a way to blow it. Instead, this Rams team, they they found a way to to get it done, you know, and it was nice to see them execute a game-winning field goal attempt. You know, they got a couple of tries at it, but that's usually how it goes when people ice the kicker. I just think it was I think it was so nice to get a feel-good moment just because the fans can can take a deep breath. You have some, you know, tangible evidence now that the program is trending in the right direction on the field and not just off of it. The difference between how I feel right now versus how I felt after the 2021 Nevada game or even the 2018 Nevada game, it's so starkly different. And it's not even necessarily about the fact that they won. That helps for sure. You know, winning always makes you feel better. But I think the the real difference is just genuine hope and a belief that this program, you know, has the right vision. You know, in, in 2018, even in, in 2021, even in moments where you won, I still don't feel like long-term anybody felt that great. Right now, there's a genuine belief that the guy running things is actually going to turn this around. You can have all the talent in the world, but if the guy running the show is, is not, you know, it, it's not going to pan out. And I don't know, I just, I think CSU has the right guy this time. I think they finally nailed it. You could feel this, you know, early on in, in Nico Medved's tenure. And it just, it's different. It's different right now. In this locker room, this team is coming together. I don't know. I'm, I'm very excited. I'm very, very excited. The last thing I wanted to say here is that there's going to be a lot of posts on social media from salty, bitter Nevada fans. Don't engage. Let them be. Um, it's hard for me to to take my own advice on this at times, but I just I urge all of you guys to put yourselves in their shoes. You know, you you got poached by a team in your own conference. It's not like when Tim Miles went to Nebraska or where McElwain went to Florida. When it sucks, you're devastated, but you can be like, all right. I mean, I get it. It's the Big Ten, it's the SEC. He left for a team in their own conference. A team that they just beat 52 to 10, a team that they had beat in the last two appearances, essentially 100 to 20. Now we know why he did it, just in terms of, you know, investment in athletics, commitment from the overall community, all of that. But I'm just telling you, think about how you would feel if you were in their position and you lose, you know, your coach and a bunch of your players, you know, essentially your future to a team in your own league. That's brutal. It stings. And it's why. You know, even though a lot of their criticisms, a lot of the things that they're whining about on on Twitter are, are lacking context or not necessarily, you know, 100% true of how things went down, you, you've got to understand the raw emotion of the situation. If somebody's being real nasty, yeah, clap back, you know, put them in their place. But I just feel like human to human, fan to fan, you got to have a little bit of, of compassion and understanding in this scenario. And just from a general, you know, karma perspective, you know, let's, let's not put bad juju on us. Let's not, let's not harsh the vibes on a victory weekend by getting in the dirt and engaging with a fan base, by engaging, you know, with 
Nevada, just collectively, the collective Nevada. Because what's the point, guys? There's a reason that these coaches left Nevada for CSU. You know, there's a reason. We get it. We all know. And frankly, as my good friend Nicholas Toffelmeyer, a.k.a. Daily Adam Thistlewood, pointed out to me, since Norvell left Nevada for CSU, the Rams are a combined 9-0 and in volleyball, football, men's basketball, soccer, women's basketball, 9-0 and against Nevada. They've been through enough. Let them bent a little bit. Let them grieve. Instead of, you know, flinging dirt, engaging with them, a fan base that's largely irrelevant in the greater, you know, scheme of, of college football, let's just enjoy this victory weekend. Feels damn good. Proud to be. Always proud to be, baby. Thank you to all of you guys for supporting my content, for listening to the DMVR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Get some rest. Get some uh, water probably after a late night. And enjoy this one. We needed it. Much love, y'all. Peace.